All right, so I apologize for, but we thank you for hanging on. Um, I just want to start tonight by talking about how God moves for us to be here on this day. Um, there are three things that, are, that stand out to us when we're thinking about being here on February 27th. And the first is that February has always been historically the roughest month in our relationship. Um, we have said how hard February is on our relationship because it's the end of basketball season. It's the biggest unknown of basketball season because the regular season ends and then there's possibly conference tournaments and possibly state tournaments. I'm tired. She's tired of me being gone, uh, not being home. Um, and in the first, we'll be married eight years in April. And in the first few years, um, February has just been bad. Uh, we've had a lot of rough patches in February. So, um, but what's interesting is that relationship boot camp was moved to February from January. And I know the logistical reasons that pastors did that, but it was moved to February this year. Since we've been coming here, it'll be three years in April as well. April will be our third year anniversary at Ayers. February 17th was a little bit better. February of 2018 was even better. And although we've had a lot going on in, in 2019 of this month, it's been even better. And it all goes back to our relationship with God. So that's the first thing. The second thing is, pastor asked us, I, don't, I can't remember if it was December or very early in January about doing a session for um, relationship boot camp. And he asked for some dates. So between my schedule and Ryder's schedule and when we were going to go see Ryder, um, I sent him a text message early on in January. And I didn't hear back. And I was like, well, pastor's busy, but I sent him the dates, so he's got it taken care of. Well, a couple weeks later, later in January, he calls me and says, hey, I just want to lock up a date for relationship boot camp. And I said, and he said, How, does February 27th work for you? And I was like, absolutely, because I only gave him two dates in February that we were able to do something because of everything we had going on. And I said, yeah, that's one of the dates I gave you. And he said, what do you mean? And I said, well, when I sent you the text message, he said, I never got the text message. So he had not known that this was one of two dates that we could possibly do this. And it was one of the dates that he needed us to do it. So I look at that, and that's powerful um, for him to just ask like that. He could have asked for any other date in February, and it probably would not have worked out. But he asked for February 27th. So God moving in that way. And then uh, today is also my parents, what would have been their 56th anniversary. My father passed away last year, but so this is the first year that they won't celebrate it together uh, in the world, but as far as it would have been their anniversary. So I just think about the impact that relationship had on me um, and all those things coming together, and it's just... It's just amazing to see how God moves. If, if you don't have, I didn't always have a relationship with God. I thought I did. I thought I had my own relationship with God. But until coming to Ayers and finding out what a true connection to God was, being involved in the Word, being involved 
uh, knowing what God was saying to me. And to hear people say, well, can you, have, you, have you heard from God? And like, okay, well, I would probably just make something up because I'd never heard from God. Um, but over these past, now going on three years, to know that God moved and to be able to look back on all the things that happened in our life uh, is just absolutely amazing when you have that relationship with God. So when we sat down to talk about what were we, we were going to say, um, first thing that came to her was to talk about a blended family because we have a blended family. Um, and the first thing in my mind was communication. Uh, and then when we were kind of uh, talking this out, she said something that I thought was very powerful. So I'll let you kind of take it from there. Um, what I had said was, as far as relationships, a lot of times people have questions, um, maybe not just in romantic relationships, but certainly in those relationships. Um, is this the person that, that I'm meant for? Is this the person that God meant for me? Um, and we always question, okay, was this, was this God ordained? I think a lot of times we have those types of questions. And what I said was, you, you can know that it's from God if the relationship brings you closer to God. Um, and that's in any type of, you know, relationship. It can be a friendship. It can be, you know, family relationships. It can be romantic relationships. But I think that you know when, when God puts someone in your life and if it is, it's ordained by him and this is what is meant to be, those relationships will make you closer to God. And that's what kind of started the whole thing off. Absolutely. Because when you think about any type of relationship, if it's not bringing you closer to God, then what are you doing with it? You know, and it's a two-way street. How are you impacting those people and how are they impacting you? And if you can look at a relationship and say that God's not a part of it, then you need to rethink that relationship because God has to be the center of it all, okay, for, for all of us. So then we kind of, this is going to be part of our test, part of a testimony about our relationship. Um, but we sat down and said, what makes us work as far as our relationship? But these things also apply to any relationship. It's not just a romantic relationship, but what makes us work? Um, some of these things you have heard before, um, but we felt that that's where we need to start. So do you want to start off? Um, I can. Um, one of the most important things that made us work um, was that we were friends first. We truly were friends before anything romantic became um, part of who we are. Um, and that is very important because we know that um, in John it says that um, a friend will lay down his life for someone else. And for me, that was incredibly important because when we got together and we were friends, I was in no way looking for a romantic relationship, and I made that extremely clear to him. Um, my kids liked him before I did, <laughs> which also was a, a very good telling, um, telling sign. Um, but with, with me, because I had two children, um, we, we were a package. And in, in being that, not only did he have to lay down his life for me, but he had to lay down his life for my children as well. 
And what I've always told my boys is that the relationship that's going to work best for you is somebody who you have a friendship with first. Because when, when the bad days come, and they're going to, um, when that person doesn't look as beautiful as they normally do and when they have an attitude and when they're crazy and they're funky you're gonna have to still like them as a person and if if that's not there the relationship won't last so you want to elaborate on some of the things that you had said well I just um, the first thing is and no I wasn't always like this but I guess in 1999 I watched my dad ha my dad had a stroke and and I watched my mother be there for him and he was 58 at the time but it started to go through my head that it's got to be more than just the physical and we spend so much of our time just thinking about physical attraction things that are physical um, but just like receiving salvation, receiving the Holy Spirit, God is beyond the physical. If all we have is a physical, that is only temporary. Um, and for me to be able, to, I had to put that aside because for a relationship, and we've both, we've both been married and divorced. This is, this is our second marriage. And I wish I knew God so much sooner. Because, and I'm, I'm blessed that I, I, he brought me Misty and Donner and Ryder, but I was wrapped up in the physical. And, you know, and it's got to be, a relationship has to be so much more than the physical. There's got to be a deeper connection. And she was in Memphis, I was in Charlotte. When I started going out there, she asked me to come out once and I just kept coming back. And we're talking about every other weekend, it's a long drive to Memphis. And it was during basketball season and I we'd have a game and about 10 o'clock at night I'd wrap it up and start head down to Atlanta and then up to Chattanooga and then through Nashville and finally get to Memphis um, I stayed in a hotel because she had two boys um, and that was the right thing to do um, but I knew with her like as soon as I walked into her house God was everywhere she wasn't going to church but God was everywhere. I could feel the presence of God on her. In one of our first trips, she was showing me the town that she lived in, and she said, this is the church that I would be going to, but she worked on Sundays. And then one of our first deep conversations, I remember telling her that you could bring me closer to God. And I had no idea what that was going to mean back in 2009 going into 2010. I had no idea that I would be here right now and my life would change. But she taught me so many things by having that friendship because it wasn't going to be physical. You know, pastor talks about um, premarital counseling and uh, abstinence and the things that go along with that and to truly appreciate uh, who you are going to be with because that's, that's a small part of it when you think about uh, the physical intimacy that goes on in a relationship you've got to deal with each other on a daily basis. So for me, going out there and, you know, having that separation, you know, it, I couldn't, I had to, and Donner can answer a lot of questions and tell you what he felt from his perspective, because he was 15 at the time. 
but um, you know I had to I had to have boundaries I had to stay in my lane okay not as a man who was falling in love with a woman but as a man who was falling in love with okay three people uh, and the dog probably <laughs> as well so um, you know being friends is just so valuable uh, and what a friend means and I feel for I feel for so the I feel for you guys Chris and Harold I feel because what friendship means with social media I don't know and maybe I'm just old <laughs> uh, but I don't know if I see the younger generation every day I work with them every single day and what a friend truly means and struggling with friendships and getting a like or being with somebody on snapchat or I saw their story or watch this funny video and you know the amount of relationships that I see that are built where they've never had personal contact with them. I'm not saying that that can never happen, but they've never had that personal contact because on, he, on here you get, on, and I'm showing my phone, but on your phone you get to be any way that you want. It, you're, and you can create any image that you want. And people are drawn to the physical image that you put out there. Um, and there are just so many things. So I feel uh, for your generation just because that word friendship really means a whole lot to me as far as what a friend will do and I think about this is very powerful in John 15 15 henceforth I call you not servants for the servant knoweth not what his Lord doeth but I've called you friends for all things that I've heard of, of my father I've made known unto you and you talk about the deepest relationship that we should have the first relationship that we have for God to call us a friend like he calls me friend. I'm not going to sing because I can't. But when I think about that song, he calls me friend, and I, it's just powerful. It's just very, very powerful to me to know that I'm not alone no matter what I'm going through. I've always got, he's, if, if he's going to ask me to do that and then he's going to be, he's going to friend me, that is one of the most powerful things. And she taught me that because she taught me she, she laid down a lot of things. She said, you're going to have to be the head of the household. You know? And what that means is what comes out of the Bible. When she was telling me I needed to be the head of the household, she went right to the Bible and, and told me that. And I was like, that doesn't make any sense. We're going to be this partnership. And she's like, no, this is what your role is based upon the Bible. And this is what my role is based upon the Bible. And it's all right here. And it's all very accurate. And it's all things that, you know, you get caught up in the world and what the world says, but when you look at what a relationship is based upon what God is telling you to do, it's very powerful. Um, so friendship, you know, finding out what a friend is, what a friend means, and knowing that it's a lot more than the physical, and knowing that it starts with God. So the second thing we were talking about was communication. Um, and it's said all the time in this church but speaking the truth in love you talk about the honeymoon period in any type of relationship it doesn't matter if you if you you know once again it doesn't have to be a romantic relationship but if you talk about um, a relationship you have to be able to communicate and it's always got to be honest communication you have to speak the truth in love and when I met her 
she didn't put on any airs. She didn't try to be anybody. She is the exact same person, you know, as far as she laid it all out there. She told me we were never going to get married. She told me it was never going to happen. She told me uh, she was very blunt about how this was not going to happen. In, my, in 2010, I said, well, okay, five years. I'm going to give you five years. That's how I approached it. I said, I'll give you five years. You do whatever you got to do, but for me, I'm going to, in five years, you know, that's, that's the time frame I put on it. Uh, and I was blessed that it happened a lot sooner, but um, God moved uh, for her, and I thank you for that, God. Um, but as far as, she always told me exactly what it was. And when her mindset changed, she was very, very honest about it. She was very honest about talking with Donner and Ryder. I grew up, my, my dad didn't, he, he didn't communicate like that. It's like he would tell me something or my mom would tell him to tell me something and that was that. And Misty will tell me all the time, well, you need to talk with the boys, still to this day. Uh, and, I'll, and I'll do my best because that's something that I'm still growing with because they were 15 and 12 when I came into their life and here I was, 38 years old, and I had never had to talk. I mean, I talk to kids every day, but they're not mine, <laughs> you know. And she was trying to tell, you know, whether I needed to fix something with them or whether I needed to, if I got mad at them, she's like, well, you need to go back and you need to fix it. You need to tell them why you were mad. And I was like, no, I was just mad, and they should understand that they shouldn't do that again. And she would say, no, you need to talk. You need to communicate with them. Now, once again, you can get Donner's perspective on, on stuff, but... Uh, he may not agree with that, but it was a challenge for me, and it's something that I'm still growing in because as I'm growing and learning how to talk to my sons um, and have a relationship, and they're getting older too, and they're dealing with different things. So as I'm growing, you know, I'm still thinking of them as 15 and 12, but, you know, they're 24 and 21, and they're dealing with very different things, and now I've got to handle it in a whole different way. And it's, it's, a, it's a challenge, but the communication has to be there. And hopefully she has made me a better person because she has forced me to communicate. And it was very uncomfortable. And Pastor talks about being uncomfortable, but that communication has to go in every single relationship. And that communication, I see it with God as well. Uh, you know, speaking in tongues. You know, uh, Stella is the first person I've heard live speak in tongues. It was in this church. Stella was the first person. Came to church, and I saw Stella, and I said, I, I, didn't, I couldn't wrap my brain around it. And then all of a sudden, you know, I'll never forget, Minister Sammy came up to me and said, you know, you're going to have to do that. And I was like, I, I don't know how. And he said, well, you're going to have to practice. <laughs> and he said, you're going to have to hear from God. And, you know, it's amazing how, you know, when I speak in tongues now, it, wasn't, it was uncomfortable three years ago, I'm, and I'm still growing in it, but it's amazing when God touches you that way. It's just absolutely powerful that God can communicate with you. And, and I was always of the belief that it was just show. I was always of the belief that it, you couldn't have, you know, it's just something that you have in the moment, that it was not really God. 
But when you live it, it's once again, with my relationship with God has showed me that this is real. You know, those, the speaking in tongues, how God communicates with me, but I have to communicate back. And in our relationship, we have to communicate with God. And one of the things that we do is we communicate with each other about God, but also to God. You know, whether it's praying or whether it's talking uh, things out and trying to figure them out. Our go-to used to be to go to the Mexican restaurant, have margaritas, sit there all day. Because alcohol had to be involved. We can't figure out a solution without alcohol. We've got a problem. Ryder needed to change schools. Well, we're going to go to the Mexican restaurant and we're going to have margaritas and that's going to solve everything. It didn't solve anything. It didn't solve anything. If anything, physically it made us feel worse. So now that we can sit anywhere, you know, and alcohol not involved, we can sit there and we can say, hey, you know what? Because God comes in. And there's no regrets, there's no hangovers, there's no, you know, I lost all that time. There's no blind spots because it was the margarita talking as opposed to God and asking God and trying to hear from God. And that was the first several years of our relationship. We, everything, you know, bad day, alcohol. Come home, have a shot. It's the only way I can get through because life is throwing so many things at you. And that was our substance of choice. And it's just what we did, you know. It was there all the time. Um, but that communication, that delayed a lot of communication that we need to have with God uh, for, for ourselves. I'll let you. Yeah, um, I just wanted to quickly point out something. Um, when he and I put this together, we um, were looking through some of the, the verses, and I'll let you talk about Ephesians, but I wanted to mention uh, James one nineteen, and another way that God moved was, if you were on the prayer line this morning, you heard that that was the word for today, and I heard that this morning, and I had to text Zip, I'm like, was that, was that James one nineteen? and she said, yeah, and I said, yeah, okay, so in my head, I'm thinking, I, I see you, God, because that verse says, be quick to listen, slow to speak and slow to anger and that is so important in in all of our relationships because I think when a lot of times when we think about communication we're thinking about speaking and a lot of times we really need to be thinking about listening um, I've learned that I'm still learning that um, I'm getting much better at being slow to speak and slow to anger um, than I used to be but um, that's a very powerful verse, and it was just, again, another reason that God's just moving right now with, with that being the word this morning, and then also we had planned to talk about that today. Um, but it's true, we spend so much of our time recovering from miscommunication, from misunderstandings. We waste a lot of time and energy um, being upset about things that really weren't, probably weren't meant to be um, harmful or hurtful but we're not listening and we're not paying attention and we don't have the the right open heart or mind to to try and um overcome some of the difficult conversations that we may need to have um so that was just really powerful um and then i was going to let you speak about ephesians well i kind of already did about speaking okay. the truth and love oh gotcha um but it's so simple james one nineteen, but it's so 
hard. I mean, quick to listen. You know, we shut people down in our minds all the time. We based upon body language, based upon what they show to us, uh, based upon how we feel. Like, oh, this is going to be difficult. Uh, so, um, you know, there'll be times, you know, with Donner, he would say something, and I'd probably shut him down because maybe I wasn't prepared to have the conversation. Maybe I didn't know what I was talking about. Maybe I was just going based upon tradition, and that's all I wanted to live with was, okay, well, this is the way it's got to be. But as far as being quick to listen, everybody needs to be listened to. Uh, whether we think they do or not, it's not up to us. If we are put there, if God has placed us into a situation, we need to listen to that situation. Uh, and then slow to speak, because that's the part that slows us down, is we're always falling back on the fact that, you know what, well, I've got to have a rebuttal. And uh, she's uh, as good a lawyer as anybody in an argument. Um, so as far as she doesn't forget things. Uh, she remembers word for word. Uh, I would not stand a chance in a courtroom against her. But she's come. God has moved so far in her. There's Everybody's got a story, and she also has a story. And the person I met um, that uh, had a lot of anger, had a lot of frustration, had a lot of things that I would say something and that would be a trigger for her. It would set her off. Uh, and I didn't know it, but she went right back into to being defensive uh, in those situations. And now when things come up, we and I, and I was far from good either because I would get right at it with her. But now it's like, what do we, if we're, if we're feeling something getting elevated in our relationship, it calms down. It's amazing how quick it calms down. And, and there's no other reason other than God. There, it's changed since we have started coming to this church. It's changed since we have been introduced to what okay, studying the word really means, meditating on the word really means, having that to fall back to. Um, it's those types of things that now we c the communication happens because we're not going our separate ways. The communication happens because it's not, well, She's mad, and I'm mad, and now who's going to be the first to break the silence? You know, doesn't it always come down to that? Well, I'm mad at you, and well, I'm going to be mad because you're mad at me, and now we're not going to talk about it. Like, but that doesn't get you anywhere. That just slows down the communication. And then, you know, you've got to get to that point where you can communicate with, with your partner to say, hey, you know what, I, I love you so much, and I care about you so much, and, you know, is that the way God wants me to handle this? Because if that's not the way God wants me to handle it, then what are we doing, you know, getting, letting the devil win? And that's really what you're doing is allowing the adversary into the relationship. And it's hard. It's hard when you have, you know, so much history that she has, and then, you have, and then I bring my history and baggage into it, and instead of just building on what we've had since 2010, we bring in what's been going on since the 1970s and 80s and early 90s. And it's unfair to bring those things into our relationship uh, because we didn't know how to handle them. So, do you have anything else on communication? No, I think you got it. Um, as far as 
you know, I, I, the people talk about, you know, opposites attract. And I think I, there may be something to that, uh, the science or of whatever that, I'm not really sure. But people talk about having differences and what those, you know, well, we're different. And that's okay. It's okay to have differences. It's okay to have your things. But if those differences start separating your relationship, and this is just my opinion, I don't have any foundation for this, I don't have any research for this, but if those differences start affecting us and start separating us, then I think in a relationship you need to reassess what those differences are. And you've got to go back to communicating them. So my first marriage, you know, I, I, I love sports, it, and, but it has a different priority in my life than it used to. But when my first marriage it was, she was a sports fan and I was a sports fan. And then after we were married it was like, you're watching the game again? Uh, you know, it was like, she, was, she told me, well, if you're, you can coach basketball, but if, it, if I have a problem with it, you need to stop, even if it's right in the middle of the season. And then she would go watch her shows and then I'd watch basketball all night long and we kept separating. And there's nothing wrong with, hey, I want to watch the game, you want to watch something else, but it has to be, you have to agree upon that stuff. It can't just be, well, this is what I do. You know, God rest his soul, I, my, uh, my dad had, went out every Thursday night. Every Thursday night, he went out with his friends. They drank till about 1 o'clock and 2 o'clock in the morning. Never saw my dad have a hangover. It was the devil attacked him that way because without having a hangover, he could drink as much as he wanted, get up and go to work the next day. But if that separated him from my mother, then he shouldn't be doing that. Does that make, am I making sense? I'm just trying to, like, if, if we're doing things, like, Pastor wants to ride the roller coaster, and Pastor Melanie is fine with it, even though she doesn't want to get on the roller coaster, that's not separating the relationship. Now, if he's saying, hey, you know what, I'm going to the roller coaster, and I don't care what you do, and I don't care that you don't care, and if she was like, I don't want you to do that, then they've got to figure out that agreement amongst themselves and move in that direction. But I think too many times it's like, well, this is who I was. This is who I am. I told you who I was. Yeah, but you were in the honeymoon period in whatever, whatever relationship you were building, and you weren't completely honest because you didn't speak the truth in love. And she always spoke the truth in love, so I always knew what I could expect. And I always knew that, you know, whatever the difference is, we did on a lot of things about the boys um, but we had to come to an agreement maybe it was her way you know maybe it was her idea it's like okay I disagree with that but in our covenant we have to agree that that's the decision that we're going to make together and we're going to stand united in that as opposed to well you know what fine you tell Donner to do it that way and then when it falls apart I'll just tell you I told you so it, you can't get to that point you can't want, you can't wait for them to, okay, well, that was your idea. No, when we have a disagreement, we have to talk it out, and then we agree to move on from there. We take the next best step from there, but we can't go back. We can't let that communication take us all the way back to where, hey, you know what, um, you know, our, that issue becomes stronger than the covenant. And if it becomes stronger than the covenant, then the covenant's going to fall apart.
All right, the next thing, so friendship, communication, and uh, Minister Lamar and Mr. Samuel have to, I don't know if this is fact or not, but you can help me out later on, um, Minister Jackie. Um, as far as trust was one of the words that came to me, like what trust is. But then as, as I was researching, it, I saw things that said, the Bible says we should trust no man other than unless it's in marriage. So you should trust your spouse, but you should trust no other man because you should be trusting God. So I don't know if they want to comment on that. So I changed the word from trust to confidence. So because I didn't know if I was violating anything by saying trust. So because uh, if that's the case, I don't want that to be the word I chose. But confidence, I have to have confidence in her. You know, um, it is great. It is great to not have to be jealous or envious um, because I'm confident that this she's not going to do anything to harm our covenant. Doesn't matter what's going on. Doesn't matter who's talking to her. Doesn't matter how bad things get. I work with uh, every teacher, every custodian, every person in my building is a female and she has to be confident at the same time that if something doesn't go right in the morning I can't go and start talking to everybody at work about well this is the way my wife was this morning that's not fair to her and that's not right and I can't think that she gets all of me they get one part of me about going to work and when you're in those temporary relationships Everybody gets to tell you the things that you want to hear. Everybody's going to, you know, who, who, who are you listening to? Who are you trying to get the attention of? And it has to be one of those things that I have to be confident in her. She has to be confident in me. That no matter what they say to me, it's I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to have a boundary. I'm going to make sure that the, nobody thinks anything different than what you know, my intention is. Um, you know, there'll be times that something will happen with kids at school and they'll be like, well, can you come discipline my kids? And I'm like, no, I'm not going to come discipline your kids. Like, this is a school situation. I, like, um, but I, I can't take that as building me up, if that makes any sense. Um, I think of a time I was telling her about you know, they're like, are you this good at home? And I'm thinking, well, you have to ask my wife because she'll tell you the actual truth. You see one glimpse of me. You see me during the day, and you see me, and you don't get to see all of me. You only see parts of me. So you'd have to ask my wife. But I think as guys, sometimes we get that attention. And when things are bad in a relationship, and you aren't confident in a relationship, you can drift away. And I could say that easily in my, my previous marriage. I could say that, you know what, my, you know, if there was a bad situation, I would talk about it, and then you get the ear of another female, and it's like, oh, wow. And then all of a sudden, you're in a weird situation, because then they start talking about their bad relationship. And it's like, I can't do that. I can't put myself in that situation, because that compromises who we are uh, and what our covenant is. Um, so having those boundaries. But having that confidence, I don't know what 
that you want to add to as far as the the confidence um when i was in my first marriage there was um a time where i, I had to make a hard decision um for the safety and well-being of myself and my kids and um when i when i did that when i when i said okay you're either going to have to go into treatment and get clean or you're going to have to leave and he chose to leave um i i lost confidence i think in general mankind at that point because i had this horrible feeling that when that happened that my children were no longer going to have really the only father figure that they'd ever known now not that this guy was you know the most horrible person on the planet he wasn't he was just a drug addict and he made some really bad decisions and we all do it but he wasn't the greatest role model either and for that you know first i had i felt guilt for putting my my kids in a situation like that but my confidence was shaken because I knew at that point that that person was no longer going to be in my children's life. And while right now I'm incredibly grateful and thankful because God had a plan. God gave them exactly what they needed in this man right here. Because I know and I knew when I decided to take the step with him to move forward in a relationship, I never had a doubt about him. I never if if something had happened to me at any point, um I knew and I still know to this day that even though those boys are grown, if anything ever happens to me, he's still going to be their dad. He's still going to be there for them. He's not going to, to leave them to, to flounder on their own and figure it out. And that's the kind of confidence that I have in him. And th that's the kind of confidence that we want to look for because that's also the same type of confidence that we should have in God. What God says is true. What God says is is the the end. He is the final authority. He is the author and finisher of our faith. Everything that God says is true and it will come to pass. And that's the kind of confidence that I'm so very thankful for in my relationship with God, but I'm also thankful that God has shown me that I can have not exactly the same type of confidence because we're talking about a godly relationship, but a confidence in a, in a godly person that we can we can believe in and we can have confidence in that they will do the right things if they're in the relationship with God as well so and that was incredibly important to me so I just wanted to mention that as well anything else on confidence all right um, the last thing I have is humility and that's another thing that's allowed our relationship to grow is it's not about always being right. Uh, whereas I think when we first met, we both had to be right. And as soon as we both had to be right, that led to a lot of arguments and disagreements. But having the humility, you know, in any relationship to be able to step back and say, you know what, like, it's not about getting the credit. It's not about being right. You know, if you speak the truth in love, you can you can leave it at that. Um, but you know, 
Um, like Pastor says, you know, if you feel you got played, then some people act a certain way. But if you just step back and say, okay, well, you know what? It's God's going to take care of what he needs to take care of with you. But if I act a certain way and start acting like that person, then, you know, I've left God. And having the humility to be able to, you know, just put yourself out there from the beginning. Be who you always are. Be true to yourself. Uh, but to be able to say, you know what, is this worth, you know, an argument? Is it truly worth an argument? It, do I have to be right? Um, do you want to um, add to that? Yeah, humility was was hard for me um, at first just because of the, some of the situations that I had been in. And so I always had to be right. I always had to have the last word. It, it all had to end right there with me. And that was something that we've had to work through um, because I've, I've had to learn that it's okay to not always be right. It's okay to fail. It's okay to, um, it's okay to mess up. It's, you, you know, you don't have to be superman or superwoman all the time it's okay to say that you need help it's okay to say that you know you need whatever it is that you need from that person it's okay to let them know that um so yeah for the humility part of it definitely has um come a long way i would say i think it's just a transparency of a relationship i think if you she had to tell me a lot of her truth and it was hard for her to tell me the things that she needed to place so that our relationship could start and then grow, go from there and for me having the humility to tell her my truth and a lot of things that I've done and a lot of things that I've gone through that I'm not proud of but to be able to place myself out there to know that this is who I am you know and it took some time early on but now she told me very early on, she said, I can deal with the worst truth. I can't deal with a lie. And that hit me really hard. It was like, we can get through anything, but you better tell me the truth. And you better tell me the truth up front. And then we go from there. But if you lie to me, based upon her history, it was going to be over at that point in time. Um, because you just start chasing the lies, and then that breaks all the confidence after that. But humility in any relationship, so many people want to stand their ground. Um, and, you know, I see it all the time as far as people that, you know, hey, you want to be right? Go ahead. You can be right all day long. If that's, if that's going to make, if that's going to make this conversation uh, come to a conclusion, because if you have to be right, I'll figure that out soon enough, and then I'll let you be right, Okay. Uh, I'll let you know what I thought about the situation, but I'm not going to throw it down your throat. I'm not going to sit there and say, hey, um, you know what, um, we're going to sit and argue and, you know, I'm going to get elevated because, you know, I have to, I know I'm right and I have to prove that to you. It will come out in time, you know. I said what I needed to say, um, but, you know, humility is, is a tough one um, because we want we want to be recognized so many times and in relationships it's just difficult when you don't operate in humility yeah 
So that's what we feel makes us work, our friendship, having communication, trust or confidence, and then humility. And just it all has, for us, it all has to come back to God. Every single thing we do has to get back to God. And even though we are in different places than when we started our relationship, I still think she's light years ahead of me when it comes to knowing God. Um, I still think that, you know, at, at some point I stopped trying to play catch up and just do what I needed to do. But because she was already moving in a direction, but we're able to grow together and we're able to learn together. And, you know, that, that's that humility of knowing, hey, you know what, I don't have to be superior to her in that avenue because I'm, I'm just a babe in, in Christ and I'm still learning. Because I, for me, I'm about to be three years into it. I feel like she's been into it for a lot longer um, and she's helped me there. But just because we weren't there together didn't mean that God didn't have a plan, that he wasn't going to bring us along. So, No, because it, it definitely was a part of his plan and the growth that we've experienced together as a couple in our family, the things that we've seen happen, um, you know, for each other um, as a as a couple with our children, the things that have, have gone on with them, um, it's nothing but God, and it's there's just no nothing else to say except it was it was all God's work. All right. So questions.